Jack the Stripper, and other whale tales for the week ending February 8th. I'm Jamie Sudler. I'm Franny Halperin. And it's This Week in Water. Any homeowner knows that leaks can cause their water bill to rise. But what about leaks in a system that supplies 9 million people? New York City is facing that very problem. The city is currently working to repair massive leaks in its water system, a project that will take years to complete and cost about a billion and a half dollars. The Delaware Aqueduct that runs from the Catskill Mountains to the Big Apple delivers half of the water used each day by residents of Gotham, but it leaks a lot. About as much water is used by 120,000 households in an average day. Many of the leaks occur in the part of the aqueduct, which runs under the Hudson River, 60 miles north of the city. To repair the leaks, the city is building a bypass tunnel that will permanently replace the worst section of the pipeline that New York City calls the longest continuous tunnel in the world. Conservation efforts have begun to show results in drought-plagued California, and specifically in the southern part of the state, which has been lagging behind their northern neighbors. According to the Sacramento Bee, Californians cut their water consumption by more than 22% in December last year, compared to the prior year. Southern California, including Los Angeles and San Diego, cut water use by more than 23%. But it is important to remember that these conservation successes came during a month that was cooler and wetter than the same period a year ago, which might have made conservation easier. The news in California wasn't all good, however. Farmers near Stockton were told they may not receive any water for irrigation this year. And Californians learned that state regulators had authorized oil companies to inject wastewater into federally protected aquifers more than 2,500 times, which could risk contaminating underground water for drinking or irrigation. As we reported last week, the Obama administration proposed opening up coastal waters from Virginia to Georgia for oil and gas drilling. That decision kept Florida off limits and was a relief to conservation groups who fear drilling could damage the state's fishing, tourism, and sensitive habitats. But they're still worried. That's because the leasing decision doesn't prevent oil and gas companies from conducting seismic exploration and mapping. Seismic exploration involves sending blasts of compressed air comparable to the sound of one jet taking off through the water to the ocean floor to search for oil and gas deposits. Environmental groups contend these air gun blasts disrupt marine mammals as far as 100 miles away because of the way sound travels through water. The acoustic smog, as they call it, could affect the ability of animals to communicate, find food, mate, and navigate. Energy industry representatives said concerns have been exaggerated and that federal government testing requirements would safeguard marine life. But the conservation group Oceana cites the government's own data that sonic blasts could injure and possibly kill up to 138,000 dolphins and whales and put thousands of tourism and fishing jobs at risk. Nebraskans are concerned about plans by a Colorado company to inject fracking wastewater underground in the Cornhusker state. The company Terex wants to inject briny water 
under the Ogallala Aquifer, but people in the western part of the state are anxious not just about the possible leaks into the depleted Ogallala, but also about trucking accidents that might spill fracking chemicals and salt water. The company could run as many as 80 trucks a day full of the dangerous liquid after traveling up to 100 miles from Wyoming and Colorado. Nebraskans also fear earthquakes, which have been linked to injection wells in Oklahoma and Colorado. According to Nebraska Public Radio, opponents of the project are also concerned that there are no plans for what happens in the event of a spill on the surface or a leak into the aquifer. A state official told NET that emergency plans for such an event are not required in Nebraska. Finally today, if you're a fisherman in Alaska, you've had it up to here with sperm whales. That's because whales there have figured out how to show up just as lines are being pulled in, run it through their teeth like shish kebab, and grab any black cod that's on the line. These whales are classy. They let the other fish go, but black cod, you know, that's the expensive stuff. Facing losses for fuel, crew, and gear, the fishermen have turned to the research organization SeaSwap for help. SeaSwap is combining scientific research with the fishermen's observations to learn about whale behavior and help stop them from turning fishing boats into buffets. For example, they discovered that the whales have figured out that a crew is about to haul in their catch by the sound of boat engines shifting gear. So the team proposed tagging whales so fishermen could track them on a website to find out where they were and avoid them. The scientists hope to eventually tag 10 specific individuals known as the bad boys who've been seen around boats the most. One of the most regular offenders has earned the nickname Jack the Stripper. Whales have been mum on the monikers, but have been spotted with dog-eared copies of Moby Dick. This Week in Water is a production of H2O Radio and is sponsored by Colorado Waterwise. Learn more at coloradowaterwise.org.